We'll try and kick it into gear here a little bit. I'm going to have you right now turn in your scriptures to Romans, the eighth chapter. It's been a good service. We could dismiss now and say it's been really good to be here. We spent, I mean, it was just good to minister to the Lord and fellowship, commune with him. Enjoy his presence. But we want to also hear what he has to say about some things. For many, many weeks, we've been preaching along this lines. Uh, We've called it the character of Christ. And in my opinion, and I believe I could say not just my opinion, but I'm prompted by the Lord to, to go along this lines and to stay here and preach here repeatedly for several, several sessions because I'm, I'm persuaded that it, there's a huge crisis in our society of the, the lack of character. The lack of the character of Christ, the, what's in Jesus. He was our example. Everything about, there's nothing about Jesus that you and I need to look at and say, oh, well, we, we just, that's the one thing that we don't want in our lives. You know, you don't have to tell your kids, like sometimes you tell your kids, okay, we can watch this movie, but, but close your ears at this part. There's nothing about Jesus that you have to say, well, don't listen to what he said about that. And you can follow him in all these areas, but don't follow him in this area. You can be like him in this area, but don't be like him in this other area. You know, there's been men of God that unfortunately that's been the case. You can, there's, there's ones where you could say, well, you can, you can admire their faith, but don't listen to what they've taught. <laughs> they've taught poison, but their faith was admirable. The fact that their heart was good. They followed God with their whole heart, but you just can't listen to what they taught. Yeah. Or some of them, you know, even parents sometimes, they, they were sweet in so many areas, but just don't do what they do. So it's really an epidemic in our culture, in our society, and it's what's breaking down our culture so bad. Oh, yeah. Amen. It's eroded the foundation of our society, the lack of the character of Christ. And it's the reason Paul said in the 8th chapter of Romans, in the 29th verse, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Did God know you ahead of time? Did he know you before you were here? You best believe he did. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. I don't care. I don't care if you weren't planned by your parents. God knew you from eternity past. He foreknew you and he predestinated you. You've had a destiny in him since before you heard about him. Amen. And you've been part of your destiny is that you are supposed to be molded, changed, conformed, bent. Whatever needs to happen for you to be changed, if you need to be broken to be changed, then that's fine. Amen. Some folk are too too hard headed, too stiff necked to bend. And if it don't bend, it needs to break. Pastor's preaching good already today. I said, if it won't bend, it, need to br- it needs to break. What are we talking about? You. 
We have to, uh, the best thing you can learn is to be flexible, be bendable, be conformable. He's the potter, you're the clay. Be the kind of clay that's easy to work with, not the kind that you just have to smash and start over again. You know, Jesus made a statement that, that causes us all maybe to stop and think, what, what does that mean? But you remember when he said, whoever falls on this rock shall be broken, but on whomever it falls, he'll be ground to pieces. Yeah. Without even knowing what that means, just say, you, <laughs> I'd rather be bendable than, than breakable. What is it that causes, uh, you know, the, well, I'll just stop and say this. In the Old Testament, it says, break up the, the hard ground. Yeah, there, there's, there's ground that's easier to work with and then there's ground that's just so hard and it takes longer and you got to, what do you have to do? You got to get it moist. You got to, right? You got to keep it liquefied. Get to where you on the inside, your heart, where you're not hard hearted, where you're not hard headed, where you're not stiff necked. You know what happens to stiff necked people? Go to Proverbs 29. I'll show you what happens to stiff necked people. And, and you, we will all agree that you do not want to be stiff-necked. What's it mean to be stiff-necked? I'm standing where I'm standing and I'm staying like I'm staying and no one's going to move me. How's that working for you? How's it working out? Proverbs 29 verse 1 says, A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. The end. All right, back to our message. Because there ain't nothing else. Without remedy means without. If God says there ain't no help for you. But notice you get some rebukes. You get some chances. You get opportunity. Everyone say, I'm bendable, I'm bendable. Not, breakable. not breakable. The human will and the nature of the flesh can get awful hard and can get awful stiff. Amen. And I've been there. I, had to, I was not compliant with the leadings of the Holy Spirit when he was trying to lead me to Christ. I had to be broken because I was not bendable. And let me tell you, it's not comfortable to hit the ground so hard. Have your whole life turned upside down. But I was stupid. And I believe I'm looking at a lot of people who can learn the easier way. Not be so hard-headed and stubborn, rebellious. Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And then saying, oh, you know, the Lord knows I just love him. <laughs> then stop doing the equivalent of witchcraft. How many people you know would don a big black robe and, and draw big stars on the ground and sacrifice roosters on, in the middle of all those candles and say, the Lord knows I just I'm loving on him. No, you say it will stop your witchcraft if you love him so much. <laughs> To be hard-headed, to be stubborn, to be rebellious, that's the same thing, yes. Yes, sir. says him, says, he says, right? That's right. 
Everybody say, I'm bendable. I'm not breakable. We want to be conformed. That's what conform means. It means you're bendable. You're gonna, God's wanting to bend you into the image of Christ. Amen. He's using the word to do it. He's using the Holy Spirit to do it. He's even using me to do it. Amen. And see, folk won't get mad at the word. They won't get mad at the Holy Spirit, but they'll get mad at the preacher. Well, I'll throw it right back at you. You're going to be that way. Amen. That's why we got this table here. We load it with weapons, stuff that I can throw back at you. We've talked about this and, and this message, the reason we're on it and on it and we're going to be on it for a while longer. It will develop this in you. Amen. What we're talking about will help develop some of these things in you. I don't I know that these things certainly are in many of you, if not most of you, to a great degree. But what's it hurt to get it in you stronger? What's it hurt to make your foundation better? What's it hurt to make your roots deeper? It hurts nothing at all. You don't know what storms up ahead where you're going to need the deep roots. So talking about character, we've been talking about this part of our character, honor. Honor. I can't, I don't think you could preach about this enough. Honor has to do with being right on the inside. It has to do with recognizing the value of things, giving things their proper value, giving things their proper weight. Paul writing to the Philippians, one of the, uh, the criticisms he had not to them but to other Christians was that pe certain people esteem earthly things. They mind earthly things. They're always, earthly things are so big to them and they don't esteem the things of God. Well, see, there's a weight problem. The word honor, what's it mean? It means heavy. It means weighty in the original language, both the Greek and the Hebrew. It's the same word translated glory. It means heavy. And amen. And if you will give the right weight to the things that deserve the right weight, you'll be so much better off. And we know this, but yet do we know it like we ought to? That the things of God deserve the most honor, the most weight in our life. And by giving them their proper weight in you and in me, we are honoring him. And the, and the scripture said that if we will honor him, he will honor us. I didn't quote it word for word, but that's 1 Samuel 2, 30. He that honors me, I will honor. But he who despises me or doesn't give the proper weight to me, he'll be lightly esteemed. Lord, why aren't you doing this for me? Why aren't you doing this for me? Well, here, here's one place to check. Are we giving him the proper weight? Are we giving his things the proper weight? And so we've asked the question, how do we honor God? And we, you know, obviously it's a hard issue. Jesus said it's possible to honor him with your lips, but your heart be far from him. And he said that is vain. That is emptiness. That counts for nothing. It's nothing but tradition. Amen. So it starts in your heart. It's given things the proper place in your heart, but then it doesn't stop there. Mm -hmm. You also must give expression right. to the honor that you. If the things of God are that important to you, yeah. they're going to find expression through you. Yeah. 
Should we say that again? If the things of God are that important to you, they're going to find expression through you in your life. It's a joke to meet somebody and say, There's, oh, I'm such a strong Christian. You know, I'm just committed to Christ. What church do you go to? Well, <laughs> done, done. No such thing. We have a term that I won't say in our society, but it has initials. B.S. <laughs> Which means bologna sandwich. <laughs> just made that up. That sounds good. <laughs> but every, come on, everybody say bologna sandwich. Bologna sandwich. I just love the Lord. Oh, are you one of those tithers? Well, <laughs> bologna sandwich. B.S. <laughs> the things of God will find expression through you if they have the right weight. And we've seen this, too, that it doesn't just stop with how you treat him in a worship service. It's commendable that people will raise their hands to the Lord, that people like you guys did today. It's commendable that people will make their mouth say the right thing. It's commendable that you pray, commendable that you do those things, read the word and all that stuff. That's good. But it doesn't. We've seen this, that one of the big ways that you show honor to God is by how you honor people. This particularly is the part that's so lacking. Because folk have thought, if I honor God, then it's just between me and God. Jesus said, can I quote him in this church? Jesus said, in as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it. To me, can we just sum it up like this? He takes it personally. How many remember when uh, Jesus said to Saul of Tarsus, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my Christians? No, 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 that's not what he said. That's not what he said, did he? What did he say? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? But who was he persecuting? The The Christians. And Jesus called it me. Well, we are the body of Christ. Yes. Right. Amen. Yes. It's good to know that if, you, if, if the devil messes with you, he just messed with Jesus. You got more than a cousin. You got a big brother. Amen. And don't you dare mess with the family. So he takes it personally, what you do to those, particularly those who represent him in your life. That's not just the preacher. That's people in civil government. Amen. There are people, uh, you get a lot fewer amens. Amen. You understand that people in leadership, even in society, those offices were ordained of God. Your teachers, your elders. Amen. They represent God, whether they're godly or ungodly as can be. The office is put there by the Lord. Amen. The role of a parent is put there by the Lord. Well, he wasn't a good parent. Didn't ask you that. Didn't ask you whether they were good. Didn't ask you whether they were bad. You have to honor them to the degree that you can. 
Now, there's some parents that, you know, the state will take them away from you. And that's, that's, well, if that needs to happen, if you're that bad, fine. But still, still, we show honor to the degree that we can yes, right. in all these things. Yes. And that's what we've been talking about last time, because how do you do that? You know, what's right? And then we've all seen stuff done in the, supposedly in the name of honoring individuals that just seems to be nothing but a bunch of fluff. Yeah, right. sure. yeah. Yeah. Smile if you could today. Yeah. Say amen once in a while if you can. Let me know that you're, uh, that you're not doing your shopping list in your head. How do you show honor? Is it important to show honor to people? More important than I believe we thought. Our society's gravitated so much towards everything being common and all people being common. And everything is on a first name basis. Until now, you know, till now the senators are debating or, or whoever. The, remember the presidential debates? And it's, uh, you know... Uh, Hillary and Barack, and they're both calling. They're, they're calling each other. Remember the, the primaries, and they debate and they call each other by their first name. Well, Barack, I think this, and well, Hillary, I disagree with this. Well, see, but see, they, each of those people, they had offices that they were supposed to be representing there, and that was a lack of honor towards the towards the office. So we saw this. One of the ways that you do show honor, I hope you're getting it, is by how you refer to people. Is there a balance to it? Yeah. Can there be titles for no good reason other than to, to stroke somebody's ego? Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't do away with what's right. Which what is right is to not be as casual as our societies become about things. Mr. and Mrs. are a good thing. Amen. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am is a good thing. We're not trying to be old fashioned. We don't do old for the sake of old. I know people would call me old school. Amen. No, forget about old. Forget about new. Right or wrong. Is there a reason for some of this stuff? There is a reason. And because because it's these are part of spiritual things. People miss it, including most Christians, because they're, they're very most people are fairly unspiritual. Calling their pastor Dennis or Jack or Bob or whatever. See, there, the problem with that, we understand, is a lack of honor towards the office. And the reason there's a lack of honor towards the office is because there's no recognition of the office. Why do we call the judge your honor? And they don't even do that too much anymore. They call them, just call them judge. But at least that's better than... Then calling them Frank. See, you honor the office. And I dare say, even if you went before him and knew him out of work, you do the same thing. Why do you call police officer officer? Supposed to honor the office. Do y'all disagree so bad with this? Huh? I see so many puzzled faces. I'm thinking. I, I can see how you disagree because the world's so in much in disagreement. And somebody might say, well, I don't believe in throwing around empty titles. Me neither. 
It shouldn't be empty. There should be a recognition. Would you say that word with me? Recognition of the place. And that's why you put honor and show honor to the place. Now, if you'll show honor to it, what will happen? If you honor him, he'll honor you. You'll receive from that place. You'll receive if you honor the office, if you honor the judge. Don't you know you'll, you'll be in much better position to receive something good from the judge as if you, as if you just went in and treated him, said, well, Frank, I heard that's your name. You know, you and me is just equals. Not here and not now we're not. That's why the, in most courtrooms I've been in, and I've been in more than I've liked to the past couple years because I've had tenants. And I've been delivered. Lord of God. I have none no more. But every courtroom I've been in in the last couple years, they elevate. They, they have the judge sitting up higher. What's that supposed to let you know? You ain't an equal in here. Not now. Now, when he takes the robe off, when you're out on the street, then who is my neighbor? You get in church. I mean, I mean, if you know, if this man was a judge, he'd be in church and, and you were an ex-criminal sitting, sitting close to him here. Huh? And you were both lost. I'm going to know you're in just as much need as she. You ain't any better than she. Amen. And you, the ground's level at the cross, like we sometimes like to say. You both need to come. But now if tomorrow you're in court and he's the judge, he's sitting up, he's robed, and you best you honor him. There's truth to this. I'm not apologizing for preaching it. It needs to be preached and preached and preached. Why? Because it's been lost to the body of Christ. There's no honor. There's no order. Everything's informal. Everything's casual. And it affects, the, the, it affects what God's able to do. Praise the Lord. I've been in so many services, it just grieves the daylights out of you. Where, I mean, people are coming and going. We've kind of had a little too much of that here this morning. But, I mean, just people coming and going and passing notes and this and that and just dress like slobs and we're here to, you know, whatever. And the service starts whenever the people decide to get ready to start the service, 20 minutes late, 15 minutes late, whatever. Where's the, where's the, give me a little formality to show that we're here for a purpose. Does anybody have a purpose for this service or are we just coming to, well, we'll start eventually. Then what in the world are we doing here? Waste somebody else's time. I'm still reviewing. I want to finish this today. Say, I believe it. Glory to God. One of the ways you show honor is by how you refer to people. Respect people. Respect people. And from, in a genuine way. Not, not, not trying to, oh, what do they call it? Placate. Not trying to placate the person. Not trying to, get, not trying to flatter the person. 
honor them by how you refer to them. Then the other way we talked about was how you defer to people. There are people walking this planet that have greatness on the inside of them. And most people don't recognize it. You have greatness. If you've got God in you, you've got greatness in you. Walk like it. Act like it. Dress like it. Be like John G. Lake, man. John G. Lake, he'd get dressed in the morning. You read his stories. And I'll tell you, he's a man of power. He'd get dressed in the morning and he, he wore nice clothes. I mean, just he'd always dressed up. You remember back in the day when people just wear suits to go to go to lunch, you know. And, I, you know, I like my sweatpants as much as anybody. Don't you misunderstand me. I only dress up for the most important things. And that's every time I'm at a service, attending or whatever. And so John G. Lake, he'd get up in the morning and he'd go stand in front of the mirror after he's dressed and he'd say, God lives in that man in that suit of clothes. And where that suit of clothes goes, God goes. What did he, he was just recognizing that there, he, there was greatness on the inside of him. And it wasn't, he's not saying that me in my flesh, John's not so great, but Jesus in brother John. But there are people that you're going to meet that have been further down the line in the things of God than you. Amen. And. And then some that, that know a whole lot about how to operate the things of God and, and other stuff. Or maybe it's just in your profession you get to be with somebody who's very, very skilled. Honor will defer. One of the, you might wonder, what's it mean to defer? Let me give you one of the simplest things to remember. Shut up. <laughs> and give place. In other words... You get, you get the privilege to be around somebody who's a person of greatness. Give place to that individual. You'll see sometimes in services, uh, you know, there's uh, ministers who have greater anointings than others. That's not a negative. Sometimes they've been doing it for decades longer. You know, Brother Hagen had, had a very, very strong anointing. And sometimes in his services, he'd have people testify, get up and give a testimony, and they take the whole service. Well, if he said to take the whole service, that would be okay. But what ought they to have done? They ought to have done just what he asked in a, in a pretty concise version and then defer. And then if the man said, it's on you, take it. That's different. Then it's wrong not to. Then it'd be wrong to give it back. This shouldn't be hard to preach. It shouldn't be hard to preach it here. I, oh, I know if I preach it some places, I'd get run out of town. This shouldn't be hard to preach here. And I'm still, we're just preaching it then still. Give place. Learn to give place. Recognize greatness. It's not degrading to yourself to recognize greatness in some, somebody else. If it is, then you have a problem with your own self-esteem. Then you're not looking at who's in you because you are great too. Yet there's folk I'll get around and I will hush. We talked about this a little bit last week. I guess we're talking about a little bit again today. How many remember Elijah and Elisha? And Elijah was getting ready to be taken and to depart. And Elisha could sense it. Elisha knew it. 
And even that, all the other prophets knew it. And they'd say to Elisha, don't you know that, that, that your master's getting ready to check out? And Elisha said, shh, don't be talking like that. Hold your peace. He said, I know it. And he just, he just hung close. Did, did, did you hear me? What did he do? He hung close. Why did he hang so close to Elijah? He recognized greatness in him. And he said, I want that. And Elijah saw him following so close and he said, what you want me to do for you before you leave? I mean, before I leave, I said it wrong. Forgive me. What would you like me to do for you before I leave? And what did Elisha ask for? He said, I'd like a double portion of what's in you. And Elijah said something real interesting. He said, you've asked a hard thing. Why? Is it hard for the power to be multiplied? No. No, it doesn't come by asking. So what did he tell him to do? He said, follow me till I go. Mm -hmm. Stay with me till I go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Following yeah. is how the anointing's transferred. Yes. One of the main ways. Amen. You want what's in a person of greatness? Follow them. Follow them. Thank you. That's the reason I hung around Brother Hagen and served him. Yes. I saw something in him and I said, I, I want that. Yeah, amen. I want that. Amen. It wasn't wrong to want it. No. It's never wrong to want more of God. Amen. I saw him minister to the sick and I said, if possible, I'd like that. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not even that I care about me being used. No. Right, right, right. If it was me to get it to help somebody else learn it for them to be used. Right. But when I say I want that, I mean, I want that to be perpetuated. Yes. I want that in the body. Right. And the Lord dealt with me. Follow him close. I have it still written down yes. when he spoke that to me because I, I had gotten distracted off into some other stuff even while I was working with him. Mm -hmm. And he said, you follow him close and that's how you'll get the impartations. Follow, 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 follow. And what did Elisha get? Elisha got. He got what he wanted by, by staying close. Now, what if Elisha, all he did was, was jabber and blabber about how, oh, it's going to be so great. Once you go, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. Elisha would have found a way to busy him with something else and get him away. <laughs> I've just now caught up to where we ended last week. Would you give me a few more minutes and we'll maybe try and go on a little bit? Hmm? I'd be thrilled if people saw something in me that they wanted and decided that they wanted to follow it. Instead of, instead of looking, not recognizing anything and Saying, I better go look somewhere else. Hmm? Now, can we give you some help along these lines? Find out what the person you're following has fed on and feed on that. 
It's kind, of, it's kind of disappointing over the years. Now, I'm not talking about here in the last week or month or anything like that, okay? But over the years, I've noticed this, that so much of what my wife and I feed on is not what our uh, people feed on. And the reason you know it is because after the service, you see people passing books back and forth and different stuff. And there's nothing wrong with other stuff. You understand that. But uh, we've had people passing stuff. And then, all, then every once in a while, they'll give, we'll, we'll get p- past something. You know, I'm thinking of one, they're, one folks, they're not here anymore, but they're always giving us something to read. Here, feed on this. Well, are, are you the shepherd? <laughs> you want to say. And so we take it. Most, and see, I've got to understand, I've got a stack of stuff I'd love to get to. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Without having, you know, without you putting something on the top of my list necessarily. But I saw one of those things that, that somebody had given us at some point, you know, and that, their motives aren't wrong. They want this blessed me, thought it would bless you. And I, I looked at a little bit of it, thought it was, I saw this is full of doubt and unbelief. Get the, I don't let that stuff in my house. I put that in the nearest garbage can. Published version with nice cover and all. That's where doubt and unbelief goes in my house. Amen. And so isn't it better... To pay attention, listen to what, man, when Pastor Nancy starts talking about something I read in such and such a book, I write down. I got titles of books right here in the front of my thing that I've heard her mention that I still have to find because they're not even in print. Be a student if you're going to, if you want the same thing, follow. I mean, we take everything we fed on, we stick it in the bookstore and it sits there for five years. (laughs) Honor will pay attention to what to what's mentioned and, and, and then feed on that. Hallelujah. This is helpful today. I hope you don't mind it. It actually, now listen, it hinders to be feeding on all kinds of other stuff that's, listen now, a different flavor than what your pastor gives you. Now, I am not in any way, shape or form saying that you should listen to nothing but me. I'm not saying that. Did you hear? Right. I did not say that. Different flavor. Different spirit. Don't feed heavily on stuff that's of a different spirit. Most believers spirits aren't fine tuned enough to tell the difference. And so until you are, stay with what's recommended to you by your shepherd. Now, when I was a new Christian, I had a Sunday school teacher. He discipled me. And the reason he did it was because I wouldn't leave him. I saw that this man knows God. You want to know, you want to know how I knew he knew God so much? He was a great teacher. He had such joy. But you want to know who I, how I knew he knew God? I watched his marriage and I watched his family. That's how I knew he knew God. I had never been around a good marriage before. I didn't know that there was. I, and that's where most people are. They think that they don't have a standard. I saw a marriage and I said, oh, I'm hanging around this. Yep. Yeah. I mean, 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And I would go to the Christian bookstore. I mean, I still have a huge library of stuff, most of which is not appropriate for me now. But I go to the bookstore and I would never even get anything that I didn't already see on his shelf. All I got was the stuff that was on his shelf because I wanted to feed on it, too. And he wouldn't give me his. Yep. <laughs> smart. That's a smart Christian. He wasn't even filled with the Spirit. I certainly wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, but I knew enough 
just just taught of the Lord. You know, the Lord taught me stick with what you want, what he's got feed on what he's feeding on. Amen. So many folk, they'll feed on Christian TV and Christian radio all the time. And the problem with it. There's problems with it. Because it's not all the same. And I hear people talking about what so-and-so said on the radio, so-and-so said on the TV, and it's Christian TV. And I'm thinking, I do not believe that. I don't believe that at all. But see, if you'll put the right weight on what your pastor teaches, you'll be able to watch some of the other stuff and feed on some of the other and be okay. But people believe that if they're on TV, it's got to be right. If, the, if it's on the radio, hey, they're on the radio. And what they do is they put all the weight on them because they have X number of books in print. That's a lack of honor. Now, I finished talking about deferring. Hallelujah. Can I give you the third one quickly? Praise God. First way, you show honor, how, uh, how you refer. Second way, how you defer to people. The third way is what you confer upon people. And I want you to go to Matthew 26. Talking about showing honor. You want to know why the blessing is on our lives? We've learned about honor. Amen. We're not perfect. We miss it sometimes. But we've learned, to get, we've learned about what to give the proper weight to. There are certain things we've let sink down. We've learned that there's things you need to take care of first before other things. There's, we've learned that the, the people that God has hooked us up to, we need to, if, we need to make ourselves available to them before our own other stuff. If we're asked to do something then we have to put something of ours aside to do it, and that's okay. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Amen. And the Lord's blessed us and shown honor to us mm-hmm. because we've honored Him. Amen. And I'm telling you, one of the main ways I've honored Him is by how we've honored other people. God has put us in front of people of greatness and let us be with them close. And that's, that's why we're blessed and honored today by Him. And we treasure that. We won't do anything to, to uh, hurt that. Matthew 26, verse 6. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper. How many believe that Simon the leper was probably a former leper by this time? Come on, if Jesus is in your house and you're a leper. This is probably Simon the, the used to be a leper. Simon the healed leper. A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Ladies, there's your scripture right there. (laughs) Which she poured on his head as he was reclining on the table. Guys, she didn't give him the bottle for him to use for the next 10 years. She dumped it on him. All of it. Right there. And the disciples saw this. Well, hang on a second. What did this lady just do? She conferred. She just conferred something upon him. 
She blessed him. She gave him something financially or material or however you'd like to say. She gave him, she expressed her honor through something material and conferred it upon him. Do you have any better description of something coming upon a person than a whole box full of expensive perfume starting at your head and dripping down all over you? She conferred it upon him. And everybody's going to be happy when you confer honor, aren't they? No, the disciples saw this and they were indignant. How many have been indignant lately? Indignant means you just like, want, you know, your, your veins and stuff is popping out of your thing, right? Popping out of your neck. Just really short of a heart attack. That's indignant. His disciples were indignant and they said, why this waste? This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? And some folk only listened partially and they would have stopped right there and said, Jesus is against ever giving anything to the poor. That church doesn't believe in giving to the poor. <laughs> Aware of this, Jesus said to them, why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. And when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. And I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And we're telling it today. We are honoring, God honored this woman by putting her in the book. Because what did she do? She honored him. How did she do it? By, what, by talking to him for a half hour about how much she enjoyed his ministry. There's times for that. That's fine. Amen. By how she referred to him? Well, she probably referred to him respectfully and appropriately. Deferred to him. There's also time to confer. She conferred. She conferred upon him by taking the very best she had because it was right. It was right. Amen. There's times that uh, now some would some would take this and stretch it and say anybody that has anything nice, you, you shouldn't keep it. You should give it. That's not true. Hallelujah. Confer. There's more we have, but we're not going to get into it now. Hallelujah. We'll be done for today. Did you get fed? Listen, I want to charge you. Come next week thrilled and ready to hear about this again. Again. It's no trouble for me to preach it again. And it's safe for you to hear it again. Do you know that this, if this could, do you know that if it could have been gotten and preached in a week, we could have preached all this in one session? But the reason that I'm not even getting through the review every week and just giving you one little extra point is because it's necessary for all of us. It's necessary for me to hear. I hear it when you're hearing it. 
So we're not upset, right? We're not going to leave and say, well, Pat, he just can't seem to do nothing but review. Because I pick up in my spirit, I feel like you're preparing this stuff. And I'm like, okay, this is the 13th time we've said it. And I sense that some folk might get weary of hearing it. And, and I've been the same way, you know, about different stuff. But don't get weary. Don't allow yourself to. Come stirred up next week. Talk about honor during the week. Get excited about these things. Well, if you've never had the Lord just dump it on you, like, like this lady dumped it on Jesus, then maybe you don't know what you have to be excited about. <clears throat> but he has dumped it on you. He's crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He's honored you before you even knew how to honor him. Glory to God. Father, we love you. Just thank you for your word. It's so good. We just appreciate everything that you've taught us along these lines. We're speaking some plain things and some stuff that might be tough to hear, but we're hearing it and we're receiving it. We're making the adjustments because we're bendable. Not, we don't need to break. We're bendable. And we'll conform to the image of Christ so that you can put deep roots in us and build something high and strong on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.